0: Welcome back. You're listening to episode 22 of Double Hop Beat, a biweekly podcast taking the pulse of the beer and brewing scene. I'm James, a home brewer and beer enthusiast.
1: And I'm Shannon, a beer novice, and I like the taste of beer.
0: Thank you for joining us for our first episode of 2020.
1: Happy New Year!
0: And this week we will be looking back at some of the craft beer and home brewing highlights of 2019 and a look ahead at what's coming up in 2020.
1: But first, we want to share our latest brewery experiences with you. Um, we went to Widowmaker in Braintree, Massachusetts, over the Christmas holiday,
0: and that was probably one of the best like brewery experiences in in the fact that they were canning, mm-hmm. and you could sit right in front of where their canning machine was set up. So, as like a home brewer in Like, even you were just, like, captivated just watching them can all their beer.
1: Well, first we walked in, and you can tell they had been brewing something because you could just smell, like, that smell was in the air. I love that
0: smell. Oh, my God.
1: And then we went and got our beers, and you were like, oh, let's sit at the bar. And I was like, why wouldn't we go sit over where they're canning? Like, there's no barrier besides, like, I don't know, probably, like, a hip high, like, or, like, a bar top counter, so.
0: Yeah, like, I didn't even, like, I noticed, like, that they were brewing that day, but I didn't like notice like the whole canning set up right with like they had the nice drink rail with like stools yeah. and they had darts that we played a game and uh, they had, what was the other one? The ring The,
1: the ring, ring on game. The, yep. And they also had um, a shuffleboard like towards the other end of the brewery and they also had the board games and everything too.
0: And it seems like they were dog friendly because there was a couple of dogs. Yeah, there. so only
1: on certain days of the week, I believe, Oh, um, from what I've heard from other people. But I think they had a lot of good drink space, like places to put your drink down, if you're going to play the games. They had the hooks for my purse, which was really nice. And I think one of the nice things was they also had these cool goldfish and Cheez-It dispensers, so you can go over and get a little snack because they don't provide food there. But you can have a little something to munch on. I got two bowls. One of each for us and I ate both bowls. So sorry.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I was too focused on all the different like beer to try that I was just in my own world.
1: And I was just eating snacks. But what was your favorite uh beer from there, James?
0: Um, well, at first like I was digging the their hops and hope double IPA mm-hmm. and that became your favorite. Yeah,
1: so I was gonna say I had the um widow lager first and then I tried your hops and hope. Which was in your flight, and I actually really liked it. I was surprised it wasn't as hoppy as I feel like to me at least when I was tasting it, and also wasn't very bitter, so I liked that.
0: And I was surprised because it like you never like double IPAs.
1: I think the only other one I can remember was the one we got at Big Alice in Long Island City. That was the only other one that I was like, oh, this is pretty good.
0: But so they were actually canning. Um, for their new beer release um, that was happening the following day. But we got to try their that beer. They had it on tap, and it was Ecstasy mm-hmm. of Gold IPA, and that was actually my favorite of the day. Yep. It, it was very citrusy, but it had, like, a nice hop flavor to it, and the aroma was just, oh.
1: mm-hmm.
0: And I like their can, too. Like, their can art was really cool for that one. It almost was like a cowboy, like, wow, West.
1: Yeah, it was really nice.
0: Which I, I then like was like oh ecstasy of gold okay now I get I get it mm-hmm. clever name
1: yeah so I think it's a good place to go check out if you've got some time on a Saturday or I do they have food trucks Fridays and Saturdays so um, if you are looking for food as well that's when they have those but um, New Year's Eve New Year's Eve James um, had one of his favorite experiences of 2019 we snuck it in in the last 12 hours of, of the decade and year. So James, what 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 happened?
0: Like I still can't believe that it actually happened because it was one of those moments where you think, okay, it's New Year New Year's Eve, like what could possibly happen? And Ian from <laughs> I
1: mean a lot of things could happen, but <laughs> I
0: mean a lot of things could happen, but for a home brewer and like a craft beer lover and someone who appreciates craft breweries, you don't expect this to happen. Um, So Ian from Bay State Brewing in Worcester, Mass, uh, reached out to us and actually invited us to their new taproom location Mm -hmm. that will maybe be open late February. Tentatively.
1: That's their target date is end of February.
0: Um, And they're still under construction. Mm -hmm. So it was really cool. And it was probably it was definitely my highlight of 2019. And it's going to be located in the Worcester Ice Center mm-hmm. on Harding Street. In yeah, Worcester. it's right
1: off the highway. It was really easy to get to off 290.
0: And like the sight lines from their brewery, like I could see the tanks from like miles away just like driving up. You could see it in their mm-hmm. windows, which is really cool.
1: Yeah, nice big windows.
0: Yeah, and one of the best things like they had their new beer and I've talked about Bay State's brewing beer a lot because it's one of my favorite beers to have, but it's just like a genuine love for their beer. Um, so it was really great to actually try their newest brew, Kelly Squared, um, with the founders were there too. Chip yeah. and Sean and Ian was showing us how he was building some of the um the metalwork going around the bar. Yep. And when I say construction zone, it was a construction mm-hmm. zone.
1: It was definitely a closed toed, closed-shoed Closed-toed shoes. Yeah. Closed-toed shoes area.
0: Enough. I if I had to hear Shannon whisper in my ear, like, "Be careful where you walk. Be careful where you walk." One more time, I would probably. Well, you were almost tripping it. on
1: hoses, and you're just kind of like, it's like around. I worked
0: in biotech. I work around in brewery. I've been, I bet I know. know like construction you were wearing zones. fancy shoes. I may have been wearing fancy shoes, but I knew <laughs> I know how to walk in a construction zone, but. It, yeah all in good fun. I'm just
1: concerned for your safety. safety.
0: Oh how, how sweet
1: Aww. Everyone pukes while they're driving.
0: Yeah everyone's just like Ugh, like Ugh. <laughs> 2019 Ugh. yeah um, but yeah it was just a super cool experience. They were still setting up their their brewing tanks and the equipment and I can't to- say too much about the space because mm-hmm. um, you'll just have to check it out for yourself if you're coming to Massachusetts or you're a Worcester native. Um, it's definitely gonna be a to go-to destination and we've got to have some really frank conversations with chip and he, he he told us a little bit about like we asked about the names behind their beer or like I'm enthralled with like their cans and it mm-hmm. was probably one of the reasons why I picked it up to start because it was so unique and for those of you who aren't familiar um, with their can art it's more of like the pinup, style that you'd say like a girl like a pinup girl yeah with tattoos on the different cans Mm -hmm. and it features different names on them um so it's just something very cool to hear like the inspiration behind like the story behind it and the inspiration behind the cans Mm -hmm. and you'll just definitely have to go there check it out you can see the ice rink as well like there's sight lines to the ice rink which is really cool and for those hockey dads and moms out there. I thought where- that
1: was going to be really convenient. You can go have a beer and watch your kids practice at the same time and not have to pretend like you were watching. Yeah. You can actually watch.
0: <laughs> and and the, the ice rink has like the coffee shop mm-hmm. right below, yep. which has great coffee. So it's like, all right, have some beer and then get some coffee. Yeah, it's and like- they will
1: have food, um, pizza and burgers and things like that. So if you are looking for a place to take your kids after – their hockey practice, or just you know, for dinner one night, they will have stuff. And then it's going to be close to the new stadium that they're building for the Red Sox. Former Sox. Paw Sox, now the Woo Sox. Yeah, I don't really know how I feel about that name yet, but um so it'll be really nice if you're going in for a game once the stadium's open to be able to go in there for a couple of beers and some food beforehand.
0: Yeah, I really liked how they have like a downstairs area and then they have an upstairs area with bar as well. And there's Mm -hmm. even talk of a mug club. I'm like,
1: I'm interested to see what the perks are going to be once they kind of get a plan in place and all that. that will be cool.
0: And like, I felt so bad because they kept saying like, oh, like you're saying so much positives. Like, yeah, we hear that a lot. Like, you know, you don't have any negatives but i was like i don't have any negatives to share or i would share like share them like in a respectful way but i'm like there's nothing to say bad about your number 1 your quality beers that you Mm -hmm. make and number two like the space because it's a great space and I liked what they were doing with it.
1: My only suggestion was to make sure they had the hooks for the purse. You were very (laughs) adamant
0: to get those hooks.
1: Well I just think it's convenient when especially if you have a bar or tables that you're just doing stools like you don't have backs on the chairs especially as a woman and a lot of women are going to breweries now either by themselves or with their friends or with their significant others. And it's just very convenient when you don't have to sit on your stuff or hold your purse or wear it the whole time. It's nice to have a little place to put it, and it's being inclusive of all genders.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it was, like, really nice to be able to, like, drink the newest beer with the person who made it. Yeah,
1: and I actually – I know I just said I don't like double IPAs that much, and I only like two, but I actually like this one too because it was not bitter. It had a very good balance – of all the ingredients.
0: It was a hazy New England style IPA, yet it was very well balanced and it was balanced to a point where it's kind of stands on its own as far as when someone says a hazy New England style IPA, there's a lot of New England style hazy IPAs out there. Mm-hmm. And I think this one had like more it was bold like bold in my mind. And that's the only way I can describe it because it was different. Like I was expecting to taste like the same citrusy, you know, well-balanced, very hazy, but it wasn't like that. It was, it was really good. Um, and I think a lot of people take it, like not take advantage, but they, they don't really appreciate like having those experiences. So that's why it was really memorable for me. And Mm -hmm. I've shared, like shared new beers with the brewers all the time. And I think it's just something maybe I took for granted in 2019. Um, So if you are a brewer or you work at a tap room or you're even just a customer, like definitely take a second and like appreciate the craft in the craft beer. I think that gets lost a lot. Like put the camera down or the phone down for a minute and Mm -hmm. just like enjoy it. And yeah. yeah. But (laughs) definitely a special thanks to Ian for reaching out to us. Sure. um and chip and sean from bay state and anytime you guys want to come on the show uh we're always here for you
1: yeah come on down
0: <laughs> come on down well I'll i was just... gonna
1: start like singing the come on down <laughs> to the brewery
0: all right no, no, i'm not no, gonna no, sing no. I, singing? Stop. that was 2019 stop, stop, stop. yeah 20, this is... it's, t- it's 2020 vision here
1: yeah we need to stop we need singing. to stop
0: that <laughs> so some updates on my brewing the winter warmer and spiced ale, the gravity readings are good to go. They hit the final gravity readings, and now I am just going to keg them before drum roll, please. Wow, that probably sounded horrible for all you listeners. I apologize. Uh, it'll be the first bruise that I will be canning on mm-hmm. my cannular canning machine. Da da
1: da. da, da, da.
0: So just keep a lookout for that. That's a pretty big deal for me. Uh, Cans are definitely the best storage container that I could possibly think of to Mm -hmm. put my beer in. And, you know, like 2020 is coming. So, like, I want to try something new. And you know what? Like, I want to share it with everybody. So canning is definitely something I'm really excited to get into. So
1: Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I will be your canning assistant.
0: Yes, because I will definitely need a canning assistant. Yes. You're with extras. all the sanitizing and...
1: Yay, I'll buy some gloves. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely <laughs> buy some gloves because you're very sensitive to that. acid. Yes, the, for sure. Acid. No alligator hands, yeah, please. No alligator hands.
1: I'll get O'Keefe's working hands.
0: Maybe the that first one will be called alligator hands because...
1: Because of me and my because, alligator because hands. Because you have alligator
0: hands when you make it. Oh, you wouldn't like that, though.
1: I mean, I don't really know how many people would want to drink a beer called Alligator Hands. But I don't know. You'd probably be surprised. I mean, I guess maybe they'd try it. Just the label it's... would
0: just be like your hands in the shape of like an alligator's mouth.
1: Like I can paint them green and put little like fake teeth on them.
0: Yeah, I don't think they need. Okay.
1: <laughs> Anyways, let's get to our main topic of discussion, which is looking back on 2019 in craft beer and home brewing. So I have some statistics for you. Shannon's
0: starting 2020 off strong with some history. Let's do it. Let's yeah, get it out. well, Let's history it. from
1: last year. but uh, So from the Brewers Association, it's estimated that 8,000 breweries were in operation in 2019.
0: And I think that's probably going to go up too because usually the results go into 2020 before they get all the, f- the final...
1: Yeah, well, I think... I don't know. And I, I'll talk about this a little bit more later, but I think there's going to be some like closings and acquisitions. And then new brewers are open. So I don't know how much the number will really fluctuate. Um, It has gone up for sure. Since I think 2008, there was only like 700 and something. So obviously exponential growth there, but um, I don't know if it'll fluctuate too much or go too much higher.
0: Yeah. I think 2019 was a year where there was mergers, which we'll talk a little bit about, but there was also, like you said, closings. And I think the Brewers Association had a at about 300 or something along those lines, mm-hmm. um, which makes sense. And it's an unfortunate thing to happen, but it's such a, cons- it's a I mean, competitive space. And it's a normal thing in business. And it's a normal so. – sp- yeah, exactly. So.
1: Um, but the average weekly craft beer drinker are men, which I feel like is not surprising, but it's – and people between the age of 21 and t- 44, so a big age range, um, definitely getting up, you know – that's like almost 20 years. Uh, but 56% of men and 31% of women said they drink craft beer. So
0: I, I think I, that does make sense. I think the percentage of women is a little bit low because I think where they would get the statistics from, uh, I don't think it necessarily reflects what I'm seeing in the brewery. I'm seeing more of a 50-50 split now. Um but I think, I think it's pretty close.
1: Yeah, well, the percentage of women has gone up, they said. Um, and this is just obviously a survey. So they didn't survey. I wasn't surveyed. So this is not a survey of all the people in the world. Um, but it has grown. And some of the articles I was reading said that more and more women are going with their friends. Um, and more frequently to breweries. And not just, you know, once in a while. So Yeah, um, let's, let's come to back to girl that power 2020. Let's yeah. come back to that. And according to Forbes magazine, uh twenty-seven million barrels of beer were brewed last year in twenty nineteen. That is a lot of beer. Not enough. Not enough.
0: <laughs> Not enough. Why? I don't I'm just kidding. That's probably enough.
1: I think, I think it's enough.
0: <laughs> Shannon's like, that's enough beer.
1: I'm I just had like this vision of the like the great molasses flood in Boston, but like beer just like cause there's Instead so of molasses, much of it that it yeah. just like burst out of the that tank's definitely not big enough to hold. It would be interesting million. to
0: find out how many millions of barrels of beer were brewed by home brewers in 2019.
1: Yeah, I don't know how you could track that unless you wouldn't be able to track it, people were much. tracking it themselves and then somehow you got a survey to all those people, but you don't know who's home brewing. So Yeah, but you know.
0: I, I don't think it would be anywhere near there though. Just because of the size. Do you have barrels at your home? No. 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 Yeah. <laughs> But, like, I think 2019 was definitely a year as well where the whole independent craft beer and independence Mm -hmm. was a big theme uh, worldwide for beer, especially in the industry. And the Brewers Association had mentioned that Thanksgiving weekend, there was the small brewery Sunday. Mm -hmm. And I think we were actually at a small brewery that day, and we just didn't know that it was yeah, holiday. it wasn't like an official day no but it, it's definitely something like cool like the small business day like I really mm-hmm. like that Small Business Saturday. shopping local and drinking yeah. local so I think it was definitely something that people are more conscious of and mm-hmm. especially craft brewers as well are seeking what's called seeking the seal um, where I don't know for those of you listening if you pick up your beer bottle or can mm-hmm. you'll see an upside down beer bottle and it will be independent like it's a logo like the seal yeah, yeah like a logo
1: not an actual seal like from the ocean like a like a, stamp uh, uh. no not one of those yeah. like a stamp seal like my seal of approval uh, it's oh. independent <laughs> yeah, but it's
0: independent okay <laughs> it, yeah what else you got
1: what else do i got uh well, Delaware was the first state to have all small and independent breweries in the state adopt the seal. Wow, so
0: well, if you're from Delaware, let us kn- let us know how that's working out.
1: I've seen it on on a lot of places here too.
0: no oh yeah, but yeah, but that's like that's the first official that, like like first state like, all mandate. small and probably independent breweries,
1: yeah, small and yeah. independent not I mean, they could be the sa- one in the same, but
0: yeah, it'd be interesting to see how many breweries they have in the state compared to other states to see if like it's like a smaller amount mm-hmm. but it's still a great like great thing for the craft beer movement i think
1: yep and in 2019 there were 550,000 craft beer jobs craft brewing jobs sorry
0: and i think there was only growing too it, mm-hmm. and especially for like brewers and for both male and female brewers which I think was a boom at the end of 2019 and I think it's going to explode in 2020 where you're going to be seeing a lot more female craft beer brewers because a lot of mm-hmm. the younger generations now that are enjoying the craft beer that the stigmas aren't there necessarily anymore where if you're a female you can't be a brewer. I think there's still there's still some barriers that need to change but I think
1: need to be knocked down. Hey, yeah.
0: Or not like not like forcefully (laughs) knocked down. I think like you have to go about it in a way that's inclusive of everybody. Yeah. So I think I think we'll definitely see a lot more female brewers. I agree. Some trends of 2019. Yeah. So can you think of some off the top of your head?
1: Off top of my head. Yeah. Uh, from trends of 2019. Well, I feel like this. It may have started before 2019, but I've definitely seen it get a lot bigger. Um. And that would be the hard seltzers. Like, I think those were huge. You're seeing a lot more craft beer um, breweries making them. Like, Two Roads has one, Night Shift, Fulton Brewing, which is in Minneapolis. Um, and then, truly, like, one of the bigger ones is owned by Boston Beer Company, which is Sam Adams. So
0: And serving them on tap at yeah. restaurants and yeah. the breweries themselves. I think that's kind of catering to... Making a brewery more of a community space where if you don't drink beer and you don't want to have a non-alcoholic, you know, soda or yeah. s- uh, some equipment. you might be allergic to... You might be allergic, yeah. There's an, there's an option something. for you if you want to go out with your
1: friends. Yeah, I think Two Roads is the first place I saw it on tap this year. So that's definitely gotten... It's been a big uh, product on the retail shelves, but this year, like, craft brew craft breweries have started making them so i thought that was a pretty big jump for those places in 2019
0: yeah i'm planning to make a hard seltzer 2020 because you drink so much hard seltzer that i think like that's i wouldn't say i drink so much maybe that's how you get into brewing maybe you brew a hard seltzer. you mean i
1: i make seltzer and i put vodka in it you don't brew hard seltzer. You can, you can
0: make the vodka element of it. I mean, I guess I could. Well, I
1: could be a distillery.
0: We'll go over that in another episode.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so James, what styles gained popularity in two thousand nineteen?
0: So the brute IPA definitely, I saw a lot more of in twenty nineteen than years past, and I think it's only going to grow in popularity. And it's just adapting different styles to the consumer's preferences. Like, Mm -hmm. everyone's had a million IPAs now. And a lot of people, like, call into radios and be like, you know, we're millennials. We're sick of, like, the $13 IPAs. And everyone just makes fun of them because it's like, you don't want to spend $13 on an IPA. So there's, like, I think the Stouts and the Porters and all Mm -hmm. those are still, like, coming back. But I think the Brute IPA is one of those – styles, even though it is an IPA, I think like Sours and the goes and those more non-traditional styles that mm-hmm. were once popular are now going to come back.
1: I agree. So another kind of shift was that we are seeing more 16-ounce cans from breweries instead of the bottles. And I think this was definitely evident to me when we went to um, a grocery store. Over the weekend, and we went to the craft beer section, it was pretty much all cans. Um, So that has definitely been a big shift in the industry in the past year or two, is moving into that cans instead of the bottles.
0: Yeah, and like I was saying, it's become the most popular hot-selling means for brewers to put their beverages into. And I think,
1: I mean, this is my opinion, but I feel like cans give you more uh, real estate to like, put your artwork on it. Like, I feel like I see better can designs than I do on bottles most of the time. Yeah,
0: it gives it gives them you more usable space, which we yeah. covered in our creativity and brewing episode. Yeah. And check, it check it out. Yeah, <laughs> check it out. But, like, the 12-ounce bottle, like, it's almost rare to see them now. Like, you can get them, but most people are choosing, even though it's the same brand, the same, mm-hmm. like, contents of it, they're picking the cans because they know... It's not gonna be exposed to light or yep. they they choose the art for in addition to the mm-hmm. what they're gonna drink. So
1: yeah. Uh so there's also a resurgence of traditional styles like lagers and Kolsch beers, um with and there's like collaborations to experiment with new flavors and styles. So different uh, breweries getting together and trying out new recipes to and selling them at their respective locations as a collaboration. The
0: collaborations element I just love about craft breweries because they really take in the community that they're a part of. And whether it's making dog treats from the spent greens and having like another avenue, Mm -hmm. or they work with the local bakers to come up with something, or the coffee roasters, like there's always something, or even brewery to brewery, there's so many collaborations now where They're really not afraid to experiment because like you're in it Mm -hmm. with somebody else that like you might not have been able to take that risk on your own. But it's always good to like take someone's knowledge, someone else's knowledge and make something great. I
1: think there's more diversity and opinions and kind of experience that you can draw from one another in order to make those collaborations successful.
0: And a big focus at the end of 2019 has been brewers focusing on health with non-alcoholic brews and gluten-free beers. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Which I think is great, and yeah, giving some people
1: some options, being all inclusive in the beer space.
0: Some top craft beer news of 2019, in case uh, you didn't catch it. Like one of the biggest. This was the biggest one for me because, or especially being in New England and loving the brands behind these. I think this was probably the like the one that I kind of ran home, and I was like, "Hey Shannon, guess what? Did you learn this today?" And she's like, "No, I didn't know that." And you're you're like, okay. You're like, no, wow, that, you're like, actually, wow, that's a pretty big deal.
1: Yeah, so that was the Dogfish Head merger with the Boston Beer Company for $300 million, which I yeah. wish I had $300 million that I could just buy some beer million with.
0: million million. And it just shows that, like, merging of popular breweries is still, it's still, like, a means but in this case like i think the relationship is a good one and Mm -hmm. i think the merger will help both brands and some mergers like craft breweries getting sold to bigger companies and stuff yeah things might get lost the recipes might get changed or dialed down or the quality might go down uh but in this case i think like it was just a great merger overall because dogfish was one of my favorite like 90 minute in uh the 120 and all those IPAs were really like the first of their kind, at least in my opinion, um, in terms of flavor and just my everyday brew.
1: Or the ones that you got into kind of first. Yeah, for like yeah.
0: the super craft beer when there wasn't much out there. That first. many like, options. Yeah, yeah. many yeah. options. And Boston Beer Company, like Sam Samuel Adams, mm-hmm. being from New England, like it's just, it's just a love for New England style beer. And it's like yeah. they've gotten a lot bigger over the years, but I remember when the, like there was like maybe a couple choices that you had from Samuel Adams, and it was kind of like, okay, you can have this, or you can have Sam Adams, and Sam Adams was the craft.
1: That yeah, that was like the the special beer, not just like... Yeah, like, oh
0: like, ooh, you're drinking Samuel Adams cherry. Ooh, wheat. I have a ooh,
1: Boston Lager.
0: <laughs> yeah, which are amazing. Those are two of my... I haven't had a Boston
1: stuff. Lager in a long time, I feel like. You haven't had a Boston Lager? A Boston Lager. It's best from the tap, though. It, Straight from it. the source, I think. But um, going back to the mergers, I think this is going to be become a lot more prominent in the next decade, not just in the next year, but in the next 10 years. Um, just with the competition that's out there right now, like we were talking, there's 8,000 breweries right now. Uh, granted, not all of them are distributing or putting their stuff out there on the retail shelves, but if more and more places decide to do that, there's going to be a lot more competition for retail and distribute distributor space distributor space distributor space um and so fighting for shelf space you know could lead to some of those smaller institutions struggling to keep up with the larger ones so i think that it's going to eventually you know lead to them kind of merging or collaborating or kind of doing a buyout um
0: i think it's unless they take the strategy of we're going to make this brewery a destination and we don't go through distributors we don't need to sell it in the liquor stores or the beer stores or bottle shops. They can just kind of make their brewery something special.
1: Yeah, but I think they also need to, because there are so many out there, they need to make it innovative. They have to keep producing beers that people want to try. Don't just stick to your normal, like if IPAs are big right now, great. But you know, maybe in two years, they're not going to be great or big. So you need to kind of recognize what the trends are and adapt your beers to follow those trends. Otherwise people aren't going to come back to you. They're going to be like, Oh, you have five IPAs and one lager. Like, okay. Like I've had it once. I don't need to have it again. So I think it's going to be very important for the breweries that have opened the past couple of years to innovate, stay relevant. Otherwise, you know, they could fade out, which could contribute to some of the closings we've seen or they might have to, you know, merge with other. I think unless,
0: like, I kind of, I agree with you on that, but I also disagree. I think that if you do something extremely well and you're kind of in your best of class in something, like, and you know you're not going to beat your competitors in a different style, I wouldn't necessarily do those styles just because it's being a trend. I think you would stick with your IPAs that are above, like, all your competition But then I would suggest doing maybe collaborations with breweries that maybe those styles that are the trends are their strong suit. And then you bring something special to the table where you could do a collaboration Mm -hmm. or you just have a brewery that's so awesome that people will travel to your brewery or the local community gets so behind it where you could be satisfied with how many people are coming in. But I think you can't expect, you know, if you get tired of the whole doing the brewery thing and You kind of want to get out of it, and then suddenly you want to, like, get into those trends as you talked about, and you don't really know, like, those styles, like, I think your quality of beer might go down if, I don't know, I think it's a catch-22. No, I
1: think, I mean, obviously we can't predict the future, so who knows, you know, this could be totally irrelevant in six months, like, something crazy could happen, and, you know, craft beer takes off even more than it has, and there's even more breweries, and um, so, yeah. I think we both have valid points and things yeah. that could happen.
0: And we're not experts at brewery strategy. Clearly. Oh, no, so. no, I mean,
1: I'm not even, I may be in business school, but I'm not a business expert. <laughs> I am not predicting financial forecasts or the economic growth or anything like that. So those are just my, just based on some of the research I've done for projects. Um, you know, because yeah. I did, did examine some of the hard seltzer and just the, you know, alcoholic beverage industry in general, um, and getting that distributor buy-in in the retail space can, can be tough. So, And there's a lot of different levels to it. So that was just my, my two cents.
0: Another uh, big acquisition that happened in 2019 was New Belgium Brewing. They were acquired by a unit of Japan's Curran Holdings Company, so I I want to mention that because not many people I did not know that would know that and New Belgium's probably like another favorite brew because our brother used to live in Colorado, and um, so that's another one. A mm-hmm. uh, Ballast Point Brewery is actually back to being craft. And
1: I didn't know they were yeah that's, out of craft. That's one of
0: those ones where I might have mentioned it in another episode where. When you go to, like, if you go to a bar and they sometimes do tap takeovers and you see all the different taps from different breweries. But really, like, the big beer companies, like, they're all owned by those brands. So it's, like, kind of like you think you're getting an independent – like, you think you're supporting an independent brewery, but in fact you're supporting one of the bigger guys, which there's nothing wrong with that. But it's, like, something cool to think. Like, Ballast Point was – Again, one of my favorite breweries, like when I'd go to the bottle shop or our liquor stores. You
1: keep calling it a bottle shop. You I'm never d- call it a bottle shop.
0: Well, our my college roommate would call it a bottle shop all the time. And so like I just found myself saying bottle shop to relate to him so that he would understand like, oh, like the liquor store or the packy. You or sound the like you're in store. like a nineteen
1: fifties sitcom going to the bottle shop. I don't know, it's, it
0: sounds more elevated. I kind of like it. It sounds more elevated than saying, yeah, I went down to the Packy and okay, I got well, a six pack. I don't
1: pack. call it the Packy. Yeah, well. Just call it the liquor store.
0: But they actually um, were sold to an Illinois firm, Kings and Convicts. Um, and it's going to be a craft independent brewery. And it'll move mm-hmm. its headquarters back to San Diego, where it originated oh. from. So that's kind of a cool thing that I, I thought getting back to its roots. Back to its roots.
1: That's good. Uh, So the Craft Beverage Modernization and Tax Reform Act of 2019 uh, modified the alcohol content limitations that apply to certain wines for tax purposes.
0: I I thought that was worth mentioning because it a lot of breweries for when they do their taxes. Mm -hmm. um, I think the limitations and the modifications that are going to potentially happen with this act. will definitely help them out. And the last one I like to, <laughs> I wanted to close with, with for 2019, uh, since we mentioned commercials in our holiday episode and yes, Corona, thank you for the palm trees. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: And then we saw that commercial like the next day and I was like, I told you.
0: And I was like, I hate it.
1: Yeah. I my, my, my brother's texting me that when he's listening to the episode being like, James, it's Corona. What is wrong with you?
0: I I think they should have stuck with Tony Romo. I think that's a better commercial.
1: That's not a holiday commercial. That's just a Tony Romo commercial.
0: Well, still horrible commercials. So on that note, uh, 2019, the commercial battle between Miller Coors and AB uh, over ingredients used in making their beers was just hilarious to just witness. And it just shows how petty it can get.
1: Is that the one where... Are you talking about like oh we're cold filtered? I'm like everything is cold filtered.
0: Cold filtered or using like corn or rice or whatever in their oh brain. oh and then
1: they were talking about corn syrup or something. Corn
0: syrup and yeah. yeah, it's just it's just like it's not necessary and that's just what I think is so great about independent craft breweries is yes, there's competitive nature, but you don't have to broadcast it over TV and make it to a point where you're just yeah
1: okay.
0: So for home brewing, some advancements in brewing technology and innovation available to the masses really stuck out to me in 2019. And by that, I mean like the technology is getting better and better, but it's getting more affordable um, for the a- average day home brewer to get into it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which I think, ten years ago, that just didn't happen.
1: Ten years ago, you almost you had a bucket basically (laughs) i mean there's nothing wrong
0: with doing it in a bucket i know what i'm saying that's like that that was was like the typical yeah that that, that was was expensive that was like what
1: you could get and now you can go to multiple sites and multiple distributors to get all these equipment stainless steel and
0: yeah, like the rise of online homebrew mm-hmm. shops and retailers and just equipment dealers and like you have direct access now to all the things that you wouldn't necessarily have yeah. before. But the negative on that, which I've like seen a direct result of with some of the homebrew shops that I've gone into that or I've used to frequent, mm-hmm. like they're either closing due to competition and just like they can't compete with the online space. Or they're just downsizing what they have to meet, like, just maybe entry-level homebrewers at best. And, like, I've gone in countless times where I don't get the ingredients I need because they just don't carry it anymore because it just doesn't make them any money. Yeah. So it's kind of like a negative on it. So it's like, well, you can get it at home. You can order it from home, but you're putting people out of business. So. It's kind of a sad thing to lose cuz like I used to love just walking through like yeah. the homebrew shops and
1: It's the Amazon effect. I mean obviously I mean, it's like, not sold on yeah, Amazon I mean, but like that mom
0: and pop shops everywhere yeah. are feeling it and it's just it's just a sad reality I think 2020 I think is going to be even worse. I think yeah. it's going to be almost all online.
1: But at the same time I know there's been some decline just in the amount of people who are homebrewing because there are so many craft breweries now where you can go get what you used to want to make because nobody else sold it. But now you can go get a milkshake shake IPA or you can go get that sour beer that you've been looking for. You don't have to make it at home anymore. And it's obviously a lot less expensive to go get one or two beers at the brewery than to buy a bunch of equipment and ingredients and the time, just all that. Um, so there has been a decline, I think, in home brewing the, itself, but I still think it's it's captivated people's attention.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's just like the consumer element of it. From like a brewing standpoint, mm-hmm. like a lot of the home brewers are now creating craft breweries, like open going into the space because it's it's profitable right now. Yeah. If you have good product and you know what you're doing, and you have great ideas for what the space could be, and you're really motivated, like there's money to be made in it. And I think a lot of the home brewers that were brewing are now getting into the breweries, so. A lot of that business where they were spending a lot of money every month to do stuff at home, like you mentioned, now they're going to try and either sell it or, like you said, you can get it in a store. So why take time is money kind of a thing? Why would I do it if I can work maybe at a brewery and not have to do it? So, yeah, Yeah. it's definitely – I think it's going to get worse in 2020. But for for everyone else's benefit, right? Like if a home brewer then – opens a brewery they can share that openly with everybody and you can get it so
1: you'll never know what'll come out of those homebrew shops or homebrew houses i guess homebrew houses (laughs) homebrew houses hbhs
0: hbhs yep hashtag hbhs Uh, i think you just started a trend with that
1: hbh homebrew house Shannon, shannon i'm gonna get a sign outside of our house that said this is an hbh Okay. So James, what do we think is going to come up in 2020? This coming year. What are we looking forward to? What well, are our predictions?
0: I'm looking forward to my birthday weekend of go- of going to Minnesota to the 2020 20 Beer Dabbler.
1: 2020 Beer Dabbler, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Where we'll be in the outside, middle outside in, in the, the middle, middle of February, February. in
1: Minnesota at the state fairgrounds don't worry everyone i bought james lots of body hand and feet warmers for christmas and a so. <laughs> nice
0: little thing for my tasting glass so i don't even have to hold hands it. free hands free hands awesome. free
1: tasting glasses
0: what a wife
1: so there will be i think what last time i checked there was 180 breweries signed up to be there so it should be a good time it's only three hours so like a little
0: that's plenty of time i think
1: i think we'll be um done at the end of three hours both probably because of the beer and because of the temperature
0: yeah we'll see it'll it'll get exciting real fast but we'll make sure yeah. um, you guys are included in that experience as always and if you guys are gonna go to something as well let us know and maybe we'll see you there
1: maybe we'll see you there in Minneapolis Minnesota, Minnesota. mini pop <laughs> uh, we are also going to be checking out the Connecticut Brewers Guild 2020. C.T. Craft Beer Fest.
0: Yeah, Connecticut. I
1: feel like I needed to say that in more than one breath.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know why.
1: So that should be a good time too. Again, similar thing with a lot of breweries and tea scenes and um, getting to hang out. So that should be fun.
0: Yeah, and I think that's going to be at the Oakdale Theater. Mm-hmm. And if you're interested, in tickets... In North Haven, Connecticut. Yes, tickets are still available. So if you want to hang out with us, we will be there. Yep. If you want to... Enjoy some Connecticut beer. Definitely check them out.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely a lot more breweries than in the past 10 years. Yeah, what a boom Connecticut has had. It's crazy. It's insane. Went from like 10 to like 80 or something like that. It's insane. So James mentioned at the top of the show he's also going to be starting to can his new beer. So that'll be something exciting for 2020. We'll see how that goes. Um, Can
0: you believe it? I
1: can
0: how many puns am I going to come Not. up with? For that? <laughs> uh,
1: and then I thought we could make some kind of predictions on what styles, trust trends we thought were going to emerge for the industry in 2020. So my predictions are rosé beers. Like rosé. Hey, rosé. Yes. Uh, I know Barrel House Z currently has one. Someone I work with raves about it all the time. So I think that these, uh, especially with the growth of – females going to check out some
0: with the growth of females in 2020 (laughs) sorry
1: with the increase (laughs) of females going to breweries um I think the rosé beers might have a little bit of a a boom well this
0: kind of touches on what you had mentioned in the beginning of the show I think that's probably going to be reality because it's going to be a lot more you're going to see a lot more female brewers in the industry yeah. in 2020, like coming into the industry and being trained, going mm-hmm. to brewing school and bringing what they love about craft beer to the craft beer industry. Yeah.
1: And I think you can still bring, you know, if you're a rosé lover, but you also want to get into craft beer, you can still bring a little rosé in there, mix it up a little bit. I also think that more and more breweries are going to start looking at low calorie options. So kind of like how we were talking about with the... um kind of healthier beers. We talked about the athletic beer a couple of weeks ago, um, but I think, you know, IPAs are really big right now, but they are heavy in calories. And with a lot more people getting into the healthy mindset uh, with their, you know, spike seltzers and the non-alcoholic beers, I think that breweries are going to start looking at trying to reduce maybe the calorie count in their, in their IPAs or beers in general.
0: And I'm predicting, I think we saw quite a few at the end of twenty nineteen, the milkshake IPA.
1: Oh, you're predicting milkshake IPAs.
0: Well, you t- you stole it. You're gonna steal it from me, so I took it. First. Rude. But I think that's like one of those styles where it it dessert like it's like a separate category. So like it's not a classical style. Yeah. But I think it's you definitely need to categorize things differently now. And I think along with the black Lager, I think we will be huge in 2020 mm-hmm. <laughs> it'll be huge no it won't um but <laughs> I, th- I think it'll be big uh, just because I think the maltier beers are making a comeback like just yeah. myself like I at the end of 2019 I was drinking almost 60% stouts and porters
1: and I actually saw something recently about craft malt and how a lot of places are starting to kind of cultivate their own malt instead of just buying it from a distributor and making it so there's like their own tones and flavors which I thought was very interesting so that could play into your prediction of more malt beers
0: yeah like I don't know too much about like what they can do with malt but I yeah have I, mean, heard, I could research it I have heard, I have heard, talked to a couple of brewers that have mentioned that like malt the malts they use are so critical and that flavor different flavor profiles you can get from different malts are, I mean I've experienced it with my brews but they have like the hands-on experience with it, where cult almost like cultivating your own yeast. You can get so mm-hmm. many new flavors, and without dominating your your fermenter tanks, like yeah, we were just talking from at Bay state about yeah. like the difference between kettle sours and the wild sours, where they're just gonna like just having it in your building will contaminate everything. Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to control those sour beers in a kettle. Like yeah. the kettle sour.
1: So. so having control over your bolts can help a lot. Any other predictions for twenty twenty, James?
0: I th- I think the the female consumer will take over the beer space in twenty twenty yeah. to twenty twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one. I think it's just the stigmas behind like, oh, I've only had wine. Like just the well, that's Black. why you
1: can have rosé beer. So, the,
0: <laughs> so they, I think there will, I, I, think that is a very good prediction because I think they will blend the flavors. To, but you need to open that door. So, if you are a craft drinker, you have to bring them to a brewery and have them try different styles. That's the only way that they'll find out that they like beer. Like, yeah, if you don't try it, you never know.
1: Mm-hmm. Very true.
0: And this is kind of funny because oh God. we were talking like 2020. Oh, what's your New Year's resolution? And I said, drink more beer. And you just died laughing because you're like, that's not a resolution. And I'm like,
1: I'm like, that's just something you're going to like do assume. anyway. But yeah, you always do I'm that. Gonna <laughs> assu-
0: I'm going to assume to drink more beer. But I, what I meant by that was I'm going to brew more beer. I'm going to experiment with more beer. And I'm going to try different styles of beer. And so that's kind of what I meant by that. So you're going to
1: branch out and broaden your horizons.
0: Yeah. I'm going to get all hopped up.
1: Hopped up on craft beer. I guess my craft beer resolution is pretty much the same. It's just to maybe broaden my horizons a little bit um, and try some things outside my comfort zone. Don't just dismiss something because of it's listed as a porter or a stout because I don't really like stouts, but I should try different ones. They're not all Guinness, so I should I mean,
0: you like do try a good minor. amount of beer when we go to breweries, but I like was gonna say like I don't think in 2020 like I don't think you're a beer novice anymore, because
1: <gasps> can I get a different badge?
0: A different badge? Oh, because you're a Girl Scout, so you need to have the little badge that proves different yeah. things.
1: I can put on my vest. <laughs> I still got it.
0: So instead of a brownie, you'd be like a hop, like a hop flower or something, like a yeah, unbloomed hop.
1: I can I can get like the badges that like one's a hop. One's like a eight like a water drop ones. One's like a, a grain, grain, like a malt or like Yeah, one's malt and you like collect them all.
0: <laughs> we said it first, listeners, do not steal that idea. Yeah, Girl Scouts back off. Yeah, Girl Scouts back off. My
1: idea. Well, hopefully <laughs> in twenty twenty I will maybe what's the step above novice?
0: Intermediate.
1: Intermediate. Craft a beer, uh, beer. I'm a beer
0: intermediate. <laughs> I'm
1: an intermediate intermediate beer drinker. Well.
0: Yeah. Well maybe you ju- maybe you just gotta make some beer, more beer. I in did that one time. Yeah, that one, I it. That one time.
1: Everywhere. So those were our uh twenty nineteen look back and our twenty twenty predictions and what we've got coming up. Any last words, James?
0: Well, it's twenty twenty and like your favorite craft beers, we need you to share the experience. On our Instagram and Facebook pages, tag your friends on your favorite episodes so they can join the experience. You go to a brewery or your home brewer yourself, make sure you follow us and also share your experiences.
1: You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and now on Spotify.
0: And be sure, leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing.
1: Yeah, feel free to check out our website at www.doublehotbeatpodcast.com.
0: And, well, this has been Double Double Hot Hot Beat. Catch catch you you on on the the Bruce side. side.